2: You are listening to It's All Happening with me, your host, DJ Robin. This is a show where we speak with artists, bands, and students about genre-defying music, being a music enthusiast, and the history of music, and more. Today, I am interviewing Men I Trust. My creative partner, Sarah, and I had the chance to speak with them. They will be playing here in Las Vegas tonight at the Theater at Virgin Hotels. The doors open at 7.30 p.m. Welcome, you guys. Um, so now the band name
3: Trust. how did that come about? I'm going to uh, talk about it because people always um, related to me, which has nothing to do with me. Um, the band started with only Jesse and Ragesh. Uh They were making... Um, Music together, and there were no like um, main singers. They used to, um, they were at the university, so it was really easy to, you know, have access to a lot of um, uh, singers and stuff like that. They just wanted to have a positive name, and trust was already taken. So they were like, okay, so trust is taken, let's take men I trust. And it was really men like as the mankind. So it has nothing to do with me, my relationship with men. I trust these, but like, um, yeah, it's really not um, in the story. And people ask me a lot. It has nothing to do with it. And yeah, so men I trust sounded great. Actually, the first thing I told them when I met the band is like, I think what you do is incredible, but the band is, the name Ben, I, I love the name of the band, so we kept it, and yeah.
2: That's yeah, awesome. I really like the name too. It really caught my eye when I first heard about
1: you guys. Yeah, me me as well. Yeah, and I almost thought like it was before I had like looked into you guys more, I thought that it was just like an all male band maybe or like maybe all female band, so That's cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you guys have, like, the, you know, different representations, and, yeah. Um, so, also, just how you guys have been mentioning your touring, um, you just finished a show last night. Do you, uh, can you guys talk a little bit about the impact of touring on your success as a band? Do you think that your band's extensive touring has helped get your name out there to more audiences? Yes. Yeah, that's
3: yeah.
4: for sure.
3: We've we've waiting a long time before touring. Um, we wanted to be ready and to go meet people. So as soon as we started doing, sure there were people for us, which was like incredible from the start. And since then, we never stopped and each time there's more and more people. So I would describe it this way. I would say yes, I a mean, big yes.
4: Yeah, definitely <laughs> a positive feedback loop, uh, like from the releases and their own life on the internet and then to like actually meeting people and playing the songs. Um, they kind of both feed on each other and contribute a lot to our growth
3: as a band. Yeah, there's people, it's been like their sixth or seventh time, like it's always like such a pleasure to to see them and yeah
1: yeah that's awesome yeah I've heard like a couple of my friends will mention like they're going to see you guys whenever you come through and um Nia was saying too like people people are always like talking about like oh I'm gonna go see them so it's awesome to see like how much you guys are out there like with some of the artists obviously they don't like get a chance to go out as much so for you guys to be that present um in so many different places around the world is it's awesome yeah
3: I mean as long as there's got to be people want to see us we got to do it because that's what makes music real so okay. we're very lucky to have like um uh, such a good fan base that like comes comes to show and enjoy the music yeah that's awesome. see. <laughs> that's, yeah great.
2: definitely um so was there a collective decision to sing in english
3: rather than french it was always natural for us like we never like sat down and talked about it because like um, we're French-Canadian, but we've been raised on, um, uh, not American, but English as a language, as a communicative language in music. So we see it more as a, like an artistic choice, like if it was one more instrument instead of another instrument. So it was always natural um, for us to make music in English. Would you like to do more? That was pretty much it.
4: Yeah, for me too, it's more like a style. It's not like just translating the same subject matter in two different languages. Uh, for me, it's just it's like an English style and a French style. And, um, you know, that's the style we do. <laughs> yeah,
3: it might sound like a paradox, but for us, making music in French, it's so close to the way we communicate when we're at home that it's it sometimes can be even harder to feel that we're, we're comfortable in it. The music uh, in English, I feel, gives us like a kind of freedom, and yeah.
4: Yeah, and it's also the reaches a broader audience, of course.
3: But it's good that you know that we speak French. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah,
2: No, I I, I listen to a few artists who are from um, Quebec, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I know you guys speak French
1: out there. Yeah, it's interesting to hear how, like, you guys use it to kind of step away from, like, your normal everyday lives and kind of, like, take on a persona. Because I know a lot of artists, like, make music like that. It's, like, it is their escape. So it's almost like you have the, the two languages to jump between and, like, represent yourself a certain way in English. And then at the same time, reach those English audiences. Yeah,
3: well, I don't feel that we take a persona or that we're, like, um faking your reality is just like an additional way to um to make music that gives us more freedom i feel yeah yeah that's awesome
1: um we're also interested to know how uh you emma got connected with dragos and jesse and the band like how it all kind of came together um it sounds like you said a little bit like you came up to them and they had formed it but can you talk about that a little more yeah
3: you want me to go ahead Yeah, it's one, That's true. Actually, one of my good friend, um, she posted a video of a night with friends. We were hanging around around a campfire and we were singing. And Dragush was already in the project with Jesse, and he heard my voice. and He he was like, "Oh, I really want to try like to record a voice like yours, not this one. Actually, mine in maybe three hours." and so yeah, we, I just, uh, I went to Montreal and we tried to record it and it started like that. So he saw me on Facebook by a friend of a friend.
1: Gotcha. And so you guys all kind of just started like really feeling like you had a good group energy together too?
3: Yeah, it, it took a while. Uh, at the beginning, you know, um, the lines were not clear. I was just always available and we started doing shows together and take the things took on naturally. Because I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to stay here. and That's what I'm going to do. And so we were all like super motivated together. And that's the way it happened.
1: Yeah. Awesome. That's so cool to hear.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, So what was the inspiration behind the song, Show Me How? It's one of your guys' number one stream song on Spotify. And it's also very popular on TikTok. And I know a lot of fans are wondering how that writing process came about
3: very quickly actually um, Jesse just dropped a song it's like this the song came out of like this guy really like it's one of our fastest like recording track um, melodic wise and lyrics and yeah Show Me How is About Love so I guess maybe that's why people like it so much it was um, a lot of songs take a lot of effort but this one was kind of like effortless and yeah Show Me How is About Love and Missing Someone
4: Because it's a usually.
3: (laughs) So it was like a common effort, and it was yeah a very easy process for this one. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that was actually one of the first songs I heard from you guys back in 2018.
3: Yeah, and -hmm. um, sometimes we do um, the lyrics first, sometimes we do the music, but then we heard the music, and then the lyrics just came naturally with the sound of the music, so it's even more fun this way. It was very like there.
4: Yeah, and we actually filmed a music video in Vegas as well.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah.
1: So I know that's like, Show Me How is one of the songs that probably a lot of your fan, well, every fan has to know, and a lot of people who maybe don't know you guys as well, but they know Show Me How. Um, so where do you guys think you guys fall genre wise? I don't know if any of you want to like each describe it or one of you take it, but like, where do you think you would place yourselves?
3: We don't, we don't like to think about it this way because like every genre is so i don't know there's no clear line like at the border they always ask us like what the name of your band what what type of music and we're like uh, <laughs> so yeah i i don't even know how to how to answer that because like what does indie mean anymore what does right. you know um yeah what would you say i i, th- I don't yeah. think i have an answer clearly because if i'm gonna say something i'm gonna say ah, oh, nah.
4: <laughs> we just dabble in so many styles yeah. I feel like our sound is more like a, a consequence of our workflow, like the three of us, the way we work, it always ends up sounding like a miniature song at the end um, because of, you know, every wow. little things we put on, on the tracks that we give us, but we dabble like in so many genres You know, sometimes we borrow from uh, jazz from classical, from, from trip-hop from electronic music from indie, uh from like disco, from dance, it can be like so yeah so many things. so uh, for me, it's also hard to tell, but I think we definitely have our sound, but it's you know, I think it's more a consequence of the way we work uh, more than you know something we strive for or uh, kind of premeditate.
3: But it's interesting I, um, to like um, to appeal to uh, a jar or to try to like fit in a category. But actively, I think we, we're trying not to think about it too much while creating music and, um, yeah. Because yeah. it's going to end up sounding like us. So I think it's the, the, the kind of thing someone can tell us from the outside. And we're going <laughs> to say, oh, okay, that's what we are. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, that's interesting how that happens, too, because it shows like you guys really are centered on the music and it, it's not as much about trying to fit one you know stereotype or another. So it's it's cool as that's a listener, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, too, we just wanted to mention is just seeing your guys's work come up on TikTok, seeing um, people make TikToks with uh, your songs as the background. Uh, do you guys think about like does that uh, come to mind when you're thinking about like your fans sharing your music or like how you gonna have gotten bigger and become more successful? Do you think TikTok plays a role in that?
3: We go on TikTok like once every six months so <laughs> like we, like it's cool like I've been um, last week and I was like oh my god it's so cute there's so many videos but um, uh, we're not active on TikTok at also, okay. I feel pleased that our music is shining out there but it's a surprise for us yeah. and uh, yeah we're still pretty
1: much outside of that gotcha yeah well i'll tell you people people do love you guys on there so definitely it's cool to see like how many uh you know even it's just random like subject matter tiktoks but yeah people love using your music in the background
2: yeah thank you Mm -hmm. so i was watching an interview um that had you guys in it and i heard that you listened to lana del rey emma
3: is that still true i i how do you say that i went through the last album kind of, um, not in a very attentive mindset. Like I put in, like when I was like, uh, driving and like thinking about a lot of other things. So I need to go, um, um re-listen to it. But I think for me, I, I'm kind of stuck in my old Land Del Rey era like I have songs actually these interview they talk about albums it's always a nightmare because I really like have songs so maybe I'll find my like two songs on the last Lana Del Rey album I'm super happy to see that she's still out there and then she gathers to like our uh, sh- her old audience and the new and I love her yeah she's great yeah. And yeah, I'm happy that she's there. She, she's there to say all the time. <laughs> yeah.
2: maybe, maybe in the future we can get Alana and Men I Trust. Song. <laughs> Who
3: knows?
1: <laughs> Do you think um, for you, Emma, she influences you at all with like the music you make or is it more of just like a you're more of a fan um, and you just like like to enjoy her music as a fan?
3: I think we're, like you're influenced by everything you touch, you see, you hear and you're like a product of everything. So, like I would say no direct song or no direct um, nothing but for sure like I've had some Lana in me somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah.
1: And then um just for this uh new album, the untourable album, can you guys talk a little bit about the writing process, the music creating process? Um, and just like how you came up with that name specifically.
4: Um, You can go ahead if you want, you're looking at me. Uh, I talked enough. (laughs) uh, Well, you know, we wrote it during the pandemic, of course, so we are kind of uh, like everyone isolated at home and we kind of knew that we we wouldn't be able to tour the album. So with that in mind, I guess we wrote uh, some music that is perhaps a bit more soundscapey than usual and uh yeah and um without you know having the tours in mind and stuff and it's kind of uh, introspective and um yeah i'd say <laughs> I, it feels like a while ago but uh yeah we really ended been up, two years yeah we ended up touring it a lot actually and <laughs> which is great and we still managed to adapt the songs quite uh nicely live so I don't know if that idea still stands today, but that was at least the mindset, uh, at a time. Yeah. Maybe I'm forgetting something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that totally makes sense. Like during the pandemic. Um, but I'm glad it was, it was able to be taken out on the road.
0: Yeah.
4: We've been like, we've been playing this like for two years, which is, uh, amazing because it was released in 2021 and, um, we're being told that you know usually artists kind of struggle more with um, touring like older material. With us, you know, it was delayed by all the lockdowns and stuff, but we still managed to tour it quite a lot. And even a lot of, you know, later in times, I people feel were that, just there. Yeah, people were there. They're and nice. I Feel like he kind of like grew on people. Uh,
3: yeah, you true. know, since
4: the release, it, you know, slowly and steadily, uh, got more attention. So yeah, we're still in the process of touring it right now. And at the end of this year, uh, it will be like probably the last tour that this is like the main, um, uh, body of work that we're going to play live because next year we're intend of working on, um, a new album and we're taking also a break a bit from the road. So I guess when we come back, we'll have a bunch of, uh, new material, but, uh, yeah, this tour was still uh, touring stronger than Untourable album, and the last <laughs> few singles we released uh, last year and this year.
2: Um, will the songs "Billy Toppy" and "Ring of Past" be on your next album?
3: We don't think so. Yeah. No. no. I actually, it's a good question because we released a lot. Of, we released a lot of singles because we like to release music um, the more that we can. And for us, it's a way to stay re- relevant for us, not to wait too much. Surely release the songs, so we have songs that are like in the middle of nowhere, and so we just have to discuss if we put them on the physical thing or not. So mm-hmm. that's a good question.
4: We <laughs> also feel um, to start something from scratch, and yeah. uh, what is nice about ball is it, it is really homogenous it's cohesive it's a project yeah, yeah so I don't feel like putting the old song on the new album would really fit I think yeah. I would just go with something yeah. new because
3: yeah. you're in the mindset when you create something and so yeah. to have a body of work that is cohesive with like uh, I don't know not one state of mind but like it just feels more special to like albums are not like Obligatory anymore. So if you're making one, like make it a thing. I I also
4: feel like we've done it too with uh, Uncle Jazz. It was like a a collection of lots of songs, many which have been like released prior, which we remixed, you know, so they would sound cohesive with the whole album. But we already had like in mind uh, at the time when we released Uncle Jazz to kind of make it like as though it was like a radio station, but a Man I Trust radio station so it would have like a bunch of different songs and genres kind of put together as though they were like playlisted or, you know, aired on a radio. So I feel like maybe since we've done that, it would be cool just to, you know, also start something from scratch and, uh, yeah, have its own vibe and its all, its own all, it's all universe, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I so.
3: like that. That makes sense. What yeah. are we going to do with Ring of Bass and Billy Toppy? I don't know, maybe release It's a physical thing. maybe like a (laughs) set view
4: or like a (laughs) set something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's
3: great. Because sometimes it's a bummer that they're nowhere. Yeah. They definitely
4: deserve to be somewhere. Yeah. For
3: sure yeah I, I
1: love that you guys mentioned the concept albums though because I love when uh for me like as a you know as a listener I love hearing an album that's like intentionally created and you have like kind of a theme to it I think as a listener and as a fan like it kind of guides you through um like what you're actually consuming so that's a really cool idea too
4: yeah and um uh, you know the album is cool and like you make it like in its own world and then you can have like some uh some UFO songs on there that maybe wouldn't stand on their own like as singles, but are completely relevant and have their place uh, in the album. So it allows you to mm-hmm. maybe go a bit more, How uh, do you say, on the left side? What's the expression? Yeah, think it, yeah. Um, yeah. so I, you can explore more. Yeah. yeah, so that's, I love an album for that. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Like a movie, if you see like a super random scene yeah. out of context, it would make no sense. But in the movie, this random scene is so strong because you've
4: had the whole... Yeah, an the director's cut. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you, get the, you
1: get it. <laughs> yeah, that, that totally makes sense, yeah.
4: Justin and I talked about
0: <laughs> doing a hip-hop
4: album. Uh, oh, we're, yeah. We're really big fans of hip-hop, and of, we have like old samplers and I guess we probably oh. want to do something really old school. I think it would be nice to would be a return from, from the past actually, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we used to do. That's how we met, right. yeah.
3: Okay. Hip-hop
4: that's instrumentals back in high school, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really yeah. cool, yeah. I think that's definitely not what me as a fan like thinks of Men I Trust as, so it would be cool to see you guys take it in a different direction.
3: Yeah, actually the songs are low-key, like, you know, if you just take Show Me How, like the drum beat is super hip hop, and that's why I think like someone like Joey Badaf was like, "Whoa, I'm gonna rap on it." And for us, it makes so much sense. It's like <laughs> yes, yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great.
4: We have a strong hip hop uh, root. <laughs> yeah.